I remember once um, Bishop described the situation in a particular church to me. He said it's like a human being with mice around. Yeah. No, it's like one great person and then everybody else is like, you know, nothing. I mean, the word he used was like mice. Human being and then the rest are like mice moving around. But I think that's not the idea. The idea is that everybody is, if you like, a champion around. Meaning that if you are not there, yeah, there are other people who can flow and who can do it. So it's a good vision to have. Let me first have that vision now. To multiply ourselves. To multiply ourselves. Pastor Fifi, do you have that vision now? Is it going to work in Uganda? Pastor Ben? Is it going, is it going to work? It will work. You are sure? You are sure it will work? You don't want Pastor Fifi to go and start his own church? In the next biggest town. Uh, Pastor Ben says that when he spoke to us, we didn't understand. So maybe he should say something to us now, isn't it? After we've been on break and come back. Is there a microphone for Pastor Ben here? To tell us how he's going to apply this principle. Because when he spoke to us at the council meeting, it sounded like that, but it wasn't it. So, Pastor Ben, what is that? Um, Are you multiplying or is Pastor Fifi is multiplying? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's an A. Pastor Ben, what? I mean, I think it's very powerful and revelation. I mean, it's something we've been, I've, I've been reading, but I think it's a very powerful revelation about the multiplying senior pastor. Yeah. And then um, I really think it will. I'm very sorry about the confusion the, the last time. You know, it wasn't too clear. I'm very sorry. So you think it's clear now? It's clear. It's is there a better option? It's a better, it's a far better option. I mean, to have three people, it's a, it's a farther force than. Yeah. I've always yeah. consulted him in everything I. Even when he went all the way to. So. <laughs> no, so um, I think it will work better. I really, I, really, I really have that feeling that it will work better. It will work better. It's a good idea. Powerful. So Uganda is blessed. Wow. Yeah. What's the second principle? Maximized Sunday usage. I think it's a characteristic of a mega church. All mega churches, you see that they use Sundays fully. Fully, fully, fully. I think I remember Bishop saying that if you are in your house on Sunday afternoon, I think you know that there's something wrong. There's something wrong. 
something wrong. You are inside your house Sunday and the sun is out. It's it's not right. It's not right. So practically, how are we going to apply this? What are we going to do? What are we going to put into our Sundays to keep us going? Or what, what has been in our Sundays that keeps us? What do we do? Practically. Practically. Pastor Silas, will you help us? <laughs> we haven't heard your voice since we came. Chairman, I would rather want to answer this way. What I'm going to do when I go. Oh, okay. Hearing this, I, I'm, I'm going to make sure I find a way of knowing who didn't come to church. I'm going to, on Sunday, yeah. and myself and my shepherds are going to move out just after training. I mean, because there's going to be a Sunday training for them. Yeah. They will move out and go and look for those who couldn't come to church and find out why. They didn't come. So yeah. practically Sunday after service, you have like shepherd's meeting. That's right. And then after that, you go That's right. and look for lost souls. Yeah. Okay. It's a good idea. Pastor Andy, what are you? Thank you, Pastor Alas. Well, hello. Yeah. In my case, I think that uh, I would also intensify the follow up every Sunday afternoon after you church. intensify follow up oh okay on those who couldn't make it on on that very Sunday okay but what happens now what do you do now after church we break into into groups and then go for follow up then we come for um, an evening with bishop we watch DVDs yeah the evenings. Ah, but you break, you go home and come back. We don't go home. We go out to, 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 to do follow-up. And, and then we come in the evening. Okay. We are getting ideas on how to maximize the Sunday. Yeah. Different ideas. Who has an idea you like to share with us? What you do on Sundays. A typical Sunday. What you do. How you use your Sundays. So you don't end up going home at 1 p.m. Yeah, Pastor Frank. Well, in 2005, when I started a church, I I was alone, and you know how it it I mean it is when you start a church, and uh, coming from the cathedral. I was not used to closing the service and just going home, you know. So I created something for myself to do after service. And I realized that, it, I mean, I had to struggle because it was not easy. I was not used to it. But I, I needed to create meetings for myself and later for the shepherds. There was a time that the shepherds that I started with, they would prefer to go and play football. I mean, they were just new converts. So I, I never complained. And later, I had to bring them into order. Now, what we do is that, in fact, on Sundays, every shepherd 
and my main pillars. We pray from, we start from Saturday, 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. And we do it in this way. We, we, we have paired ourselves into groups. So this one prays from 10 to 12. And there's like a prayer chain. And then they hand over to another group that prays from 12 to 2. So it's like that till 6 a.m. They and meet then, in church or they are praying? No, in their homes. In their homes. Okay. Yeah, in their homes. And uh, we start our first service at 8. Okay. 8 to 10. And then second service starts from 10 to 12. And then we have an impartation service of our cameras and conscious, depending on what we are doing. And then we watch video, uh, Bishop's videos till 5. And uh, we go out and do one or two visitations. And then we come back home by 8. I have evening service on the campus as well. So by 8, 9, we are together and then we have PFI. And then we leave around 12 midnight. So it's like the whole of the Sunday. I mean, it's fully booked for something. And uh, I learned that thing from Bishop when I had the opportunity to work in his office. I mean, sometimes he comes at 5 a.m. And then he'll be there till the next day. And not that he's there doing nothing, but it's like he's engaged throughout from the time he arrived office till the next day so i realized that what we are learning we need to put them into practice because that is what is making the difference in some of the churches and all that powerful great someone sunday is full pastor peter i want to say something yeah we are learning how to fill our sundays up with activities and with work Yes, as he Back said, that, work. Yeah, we've got to create work. Mm-hmm. And I realized that even that is before I started the church, because I'd been also used to like Sunday, maybe meetings or going out, I managed to go out and speak to people. And therefore, even before the church started, there were people that had known them and had known their house. And when the church started, what I'm doing is that we try as much as possible to identify where they this are staying. This in India or Australia? This is India. Okay. So, identifying where they are staying. So, after church, we'll be able to at least go with them and find out where they stay and at least be able to fellowship with them. You know, and at times, too, on Sunday, what will happen is that definitely after church, there are certain people that you need to talk to. At times, not necessarily that I have anything, but at least, oh, oh can you wait behind um, you to this person? I just want to talk to you. And at times, it's very good because they also feel special that you've called them to sit with them. Mm-hmm. And at times, when you sit in, then you know the problems, and it may go on for some time. And those that need counseling, those that need visiting, and they gradually, as you get your team together, then the teachings and the, you know, the structure that we have in the house already can be implemented. Yeah. It's powerful. Okay, next principle. Was someone saying something? Principle of smaller subdivisions. Identify different groups in the church. Different people, probably different ages, different backgrounds, whatever. Put them in groups so that they become effective in the church and they feel important. It makes people feel important. Because people like to feel important. 
isn't it? People like to feel important. When you're invited for something special or put in a special group, you feel important. You feel that you are being thought of. So anytime you divide, you have smaller groups, people always have that sense and that mind that I am significant, relevant, and important in this church. Amen. Amen. Next principle. Principle of the person X-oriented church. What is person X-oriented church? Who knows person X-oriented church? What's person X-oriented church? How do you apply it? Person X oriented church. What's, yeah, Gloria, I want to tell us what person X oriented church is. It's concentrating on first timers, new converts, um, uh, visitors, and um, I think one of the best ways of being person X oriented is what is done immediately after each service, especially on Sunday, because that's when most likely you have your the person X there. Yeah. So rather than maybe shepherds having meetings immediately or pastors fellowshipping or serious Christians fellowshipping with each other, there should be a law in the house that unless all the person X have disappeared from the church, we don't group up and gather mm-hmm. so that we all focus on them before they disappear yeah. rather than fellowship or come and see the pastor to solve your problem. He's going to be there all evening. And you two are going to be there all evening. Yeah. So the 15 minutes that the person X is there is not time for our personal yeah. meetings. Amen. I think we learned that Bishop Saki speaks to, if I last Sunday I saw him talking to first-timers, I sat in that meeting as he was speaking to first-timers himself he was just there talking to them speaking to them encouraging them it was almost like another service yeah, yeah. giving them verses explaining things to them you know i'm sure they i mean they felt i mean when they finished one of them stood up had to say thank you to him thank you for having us thank you for talking to us we are so grateful really feel loved etc you can say it had an effect on them as he had spoken because he had seen him finish preaching they've been brought into a lounge is there talking to them and encouraging them. This is a church whose mind is on person X. That person X is, want, is wanted. But there are a lot of churches that when you're a visitor, I mean, you'll not be noticed. You will come in and you go out. Yeah, and if you want, you come again. Okay. Yeah. And then we have the principle of... No, catering for... Group A and Group B members. Do we know Group A and Group B? We do? If you do, give me a wave so I can call you to tell me what it is. Ah, so nobody knows. Group A and Group B. We know, but we don't want to say it. Do we know Group A and Group B? Who is Group A and who is Group B? How many of us do not know group A and group B members? You don't know what group A. How many of us know group A and group B members? Okay. How many of us don't understand the language I'm speaking? 
Okay, so let me ask again. How many of us know what it means to say group A and group B members? Please lift up your hand. How many of us do not know someone got at least $200 today for being honest? Maybe you might get 300 pounds for being honest. (laughs) How many of us honestly do not know what a group A and group B member is? Honestly. Okay. What you will get is that the person sitting next to you will explain to you what it is. So, Pastor Napoleon, can you tell us what a group A and group B member is? The group A are those who come to church on Sundays and come for other weekday services as well. Mm-hmm. But the group B comes only on Sundays. Yeah. Sunday attendance. Or once a week. Or once a week. Yeah. Believe. Yeah. Non third payers, um, they are not really committed. And all that. They are the ones who like early services. They like to leave early. They don't pay tithes. Group B. Group B. And then only Sunday only church attenders. Those who like convenient things. Those are the Group B members. So what are we supposed to do with Group B members practically? What do we do with them? Hmm? What are we going to do with Group B members practically? Hmm. You've got to love them. How do you love someone? Yeah, Pastor Frank. Just the answer, okay. I think you must you must know that they are also part of the church, so you must appreciate them, preach messages that will encourage them, probably even move them from being just uh, week once a week attenders to maybe twice, and also organize programs that will bring them around and all that. Because sometimes you can easily be tempted to blast them because it can be very frustrating. <laughs> Some of you, you don't come, you come here in some way. So you have to just let them feel happy that they are also part and from time to time you encourage them and all that. Mercy. But I think usually when church members are blasted, the ones who need to be blasted are not there. Yeah. 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 Go to church. I'm sure when you are starting the church, you go and then just... Ten people are there, then you are blasting the rest. But it's like, those of us who have come, we've come to be blessed. We are receiving people's blastings. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So we must give group B members also attention and care. They must feel accepted. It shouldn't feel like though they are the odd ones. It's like we are not really part of what is going on. They must feel accepted, loved, wanted, relevant, and appreciated. Amen. The next principle is the principle of multiple services. I think we all know multiple services. Then the principle of dynamic church services. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's where we started from this morning. Of dynamic church services. What's a dynamic church service? I think there are about seven things that constitute a dynamic church service. Did we get all seven? We got some. Okay. I think we got most. So what's the first one? It must have a purpose. A purpose. It says a goal in the book. But this morning, Bishop mentioned had to must have a purpose. So what's the purpose for? Can we go through it again? What's the, what the purpose of a Sunday service? We do what? We collect what? Tithe? And then? Teaching for encouragement. The teaching must be more of giving of hope. Yeah, and then? To welcome new people into the church. And also? Yeah, we said collect tithe. Yeah. The altar call is another point, yeah. Create what? A sense of belonging. Say worship service. Yeah, welcome, Bishop Saki. Has anyone got a remote control for the air conditioner? Okay, so every, every service must have an aim. Must have a purpose. Sunday service must have an aim. Weekday service must have an aim. Miracle service. You know, everything they must... I remember once, which was coming to have a camp in uh, the UK. Yeah. And um, it's a camp. Usual organization and everything. When it came, you know, organized, you know, a sea of people. I think about 450 people in all sitting there. But he called me to his room. He said... Who are these people? And I said, shepherds, <laughs> shepherds, pastors, and everybody else. Then he said, so everybody is here. I said, yes. I mean, I was glad, I was happy. Then he said, look, I've come. He said, he gave me an illustration. He said, it's like I've organized a party. And have cooked yam and contumbre stew. And you have brought me white people. How can I serve the food? <laughs> it's like, how can I give them this type of food to eat? It's like, as he has come, he has something on his mind. He has a purpose, a reason, a message, something he wants to achieve in this particular service and i've also gathered everybody every tom dick and harry was seated there excited they've gone for a camp for at least 450 people i was in that camp i didn't hear any message <laughs> i listened to the message after <laughs> I didn't understand anything that was said in that camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says, like, cook yam and contumbre stew. And you've brought white men. Yeah. I mean yam. Yeah. 
tell you. <laughs> so I think it's good to have a purpose and a goal for every service and for everything that you are going to do. So you know why you are coming there. It gives you even strength to accomplish it. The next thing that gives us a dynamic service is what to how much time have you allotted for each service? So the time. The time. Because when there's no time, a lot of things are also done. You know, everybody does something. I met one brother who said that before, one pastor before his assistant introduced him, he would talk for 35 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like he will also have to share his revelation. Remember, if it's time allotted, there's not much time. You may not even need to be introduced. You just have to get up and just preach and flow. So when there's time, things are done in more in a more orderly fashion, a more orderly way. Then the next thing we have is what type of meeting place do you have? The type of meeting place. What does a place look like? So practically, what type of meeting place do you have? Pastor Jake, we haven't heard from you this afternoon. I know how you advise. Yep. I believe that, um, again, the principle of man looking on the outward. So the meeting place must be beautiful enough to um, host every kind of person you are expecting, from the big to the to the small. So it must not be only conducive for Adulamites. You know, it must be conducive for... I, I believe we know the Adulamites. Yeah. The, the, the meeting place should not look ham, hammock. Even if it's a classroom, it must be enhanced. And in the book... I believe that Bishop speaks about, you know, using flowers, flower pots. Um, definitely don't put a table in front with a white cloth and a bell. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Before you add seven golden candlesticks. <laughs> you know? So, the meeting place must be beautiful enough, enhanced with some flowers, you know, clean. If it's a classroom, clean the board. I thought one of my people took a picture. He's standing in front of the, of the classroom, and there are writings, chalk writings on the board. And he has taken a picture boldly and has brought it. And we still have the picture there. And I wish to see yourself, you know. You have become who you want to become. (laughs) I I think that 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 principle is also very important. You know, decorating um, your, your meeting place. Of course, not too much. Too much decoration could also make it look like a funeral home. You know, when it hung a lot of curtains and so on, it could easily look like that. So, beautiful. And if it's your own meeting place, then you go to all extent to give it a good, a good look. <laughs>
You have to tile or carpet, air condition or heat condition the place for winter, whatever, I believe. No, it sounds funny, but recently I went to prison less than a month ago. And I saw a black lighthouse pulpit like this with white lace over it. Less than a month ago. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe it, but I just when they said it's like a joke, it's like, you know, a laugh. But less than a month ago, I lie not, I entered black pulpit, a white lace hanging down there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they they must have yeah, they must have sold something on it saying L C I or something. Yeah. Nice popular they just put the white lace over. So it happens. That's how we have a paraphernalia office to make sure that we have the right things in our offices. Doing the right things, having the right thing to dress up the general dress up and the general appearance of the church has to be up to standard. They have the right, right banner, right color, right pulpit, the logo, everything. Because you will not believe it till you are told to see. You only see, see white. I saw white lace over them. Pulpit, and, I, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there was no table and bell there. I saw one. Bishop Adi saw one with a, a lace. Yeah. Side. <laughs> Lighthouse Church. I should call the name. Because of the fear of God. Uh, I was. Oh, oh. Okay. Then the next one is how do you present yourself? Presentation. We're taught how to dress up, how to look, how to look good, how to look sharp. Especially when you're already despised, you should know that you have to, you know, enhance your image. And look better because sometimes you believe in yourself where you feel you're anointed, but when you give yourself some years and you look at your pictures, you realize that you know, then it wasn't you could have done better. Could have done better. I remember the day many years ago I stood up to preach and I saw a lady get up and walk out of the service. So later I asked her friend, Why did your, your friend that you brought her, why did she leave? Said so when she saw me. I didn't want to say it, so I pressed, I pressed and pressed. She said, when, when I stood up behind the pulpit, she asked her friend, is that the pastor? They said, no, I cannot sit in this service. And she went, because I didn't look like, you know. <laughs> I can't remember what I was wearing, but at least the appearance. Outer the man looks on the outward appearance. But she must have seen something. Said, no, this thing can work. Both she and her friend, I don't know where they are now. 
<laughs> so that, I think we learned a lot on that on presenting your presentation of yourself, how you present yourself. So I'm sure we are all going to improve our image. The next thing we have is altar calls should be made at each service. Altar calls. And then pastors must not run off after church. Pastors must not run off. Pastors must not disappear after church. Stay with the sheep. Mingle with them. Fish with them. What's the next principle? The principle of using technology and research. I think we had a lot of ideas on that as well. Things to do. Pastor Alex, you are disturbing me. So the principle of using technology and research in pastoring and in doing the work, I think we had a few ideas and a few things. I think after Pastor Chikata has spoken, Bishops was saying to us that what he was describing is what he had decided to get from us. I don't know whether we understood that point. What he has decided to get from us to help him to be a good bishop or a better bishop in understanding what happens around the world in the different churches so the question now is what will you do or what are you doing in your church to help you see things and know things amen so pastor leslie what are you doing and what will you do regarding this point microphone Hello? Okay. Um, I think the first thing that um, I need to do is with the statistics that we already take, make sure that I'm... Sorry, what are you talking about? Yeah, for the technology and research. The statistics that are already taken, um, I'll also like review them and then even try and further enhance them. Um, Reverend Kakra mentioned the fact that... Um, he puts pieces of papers on people's chairs and then um, he's able to find out who was in church and then he's able to chase up on those who were not in church. So I think that's something that um, I'm going to look at doing. Amen. What I will do? Um, I think I'm going to try and um, okay one of the things that we do in St. Lucia um, and I think I'm going to adopt that to also help us is that we're able to send text messages um, using computers so what I'll, I'll be doing is that when I find out who wasn't in church to first of all send them a text and 
you know, let them know that we realized that they weren't in church. And then um, during the week, try and give them a call, help it to guide our follow-up, and then um, try and encourage them to come for the next Sunday. Yeah. Thank you. Pastor Bright. Praise the Lord. Yeah, um, in Pretoria, one of the things we'll do, apart from the test messaging, is that uh, we would the research on trying to see the best means to communicate with the members. The technology there is a bit advanced, and one of the things uh, they use more, the members use more, is Facebook. The, the, the Facebook. So the church we have Facebook. So we have. Um, what, what question are you asking? You have to open up and say instead of whispering, because others will learn from your question. Yeah. So what question are you asking? Who is Facebook? <laughs> Facebook is on the internet. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a means of social network to communicate with each other. So the media the media department of the church, we, the uh, Reverend made them open a, a, a page where you communicate to, to the members. And they respond because people become members of that particular group. So Reverend Jake monitor the, the, the people's response. And then even the message preached on Sunday, they post, it, post a little bit of it to the members. Then we'll be able to know like a kind of a fellowship because once they know that they belong to a place where the, the pastor can communicate then they feel very powerful mm. so using that particular thing to advertise even advertising a program like before he preached on sunday that i'm about to preach on sunday i'm expecting you the power of god will come down powerful thing is going to happen in church and then on saturday you see people responding Making comments, oh, Pastor will be there. I love you, Pastor. This I was. And if I saw, uh, I saw Reverend um, Prophet Kakra on the on the. We were able to monitor. You can also see almost everybody. I saw Bishop Eddie, his fans. I saw you. <laughs> okay. So, 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 like when you when you monitor, then you know the even yeah, you your saw some of the comments. It. What are some of the comments that have been sent to Reverend Jake? Yeah. Aha. What are some of the comments? <laughs> Pastor, I love you. You preach nicely. Powerful message today. Your suit is <laughs> is corresponded with the message. <laughs> <laughs> Did you send that message <laughs> Because also, depending, like the appearance, depending on the title of your message. Yeah. So, it's, 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 I think what, it's what does he preaching about? Uh, sounds, sounds, no. <laughs> yeah, he preached prosperity, but sounds and instruction. One of his best messages is sounds and instruction. Very powerful. Sounds and and instructions. So what dressing goes with that? What yeah. goes with that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a very powerful one with uh... <laughs> Thank you. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. Principle number 10, the principle of the scholarly pastor. Did we do that? Oh, number 9, 80-20 principle. That's spending more time with your serious people and your leaders, investing into them. Yeah. And then number 10, the principle of the scholarly pastor. That's the pastor who reads, the pastor who studies. I think there's always a difference. I'm sure we can see, as uh, Bishop is sharing with us, that this is a scholarly bishop. Yeah, we can see, from, we can see the intellectual swing from economics through history through medicine, I mean, I mean, everything, everything is there. And I think we are all impressed. Yeah, we are very, very impressed and very blessed and very challenged that, you know, preaching and pastoring is not just open to Habakkuk chapter 2 and then uh, Romans chapter 6, Jeremiah 6, Nahum 1. <laughs> yeah. And I think you actually do better when you read more. So practically, what are you going to read? Or what are you reading? Or what do you need to read? When you look at yourself and your ministry, what do you need to read? What do you need to see? What do you need to know to improve on yourself? Pastor Landy. Personally, I think I read more of the mega church, and then um, the. Il, il. I mean, why? I mean, what I want is why you're going to read this. But what do you? What have you seen in yourself that you need? So why have you chosen this book? Um, I've realized that, and um, there are a lot of principles that I need to apply yeah. in my church. Concerning the um, the mega church, one of the things that, um, if you permit me to go back to uh, one of the points, the mm-hmm. I think the, the point before this one, the using technology and research. Um, well, I realize that you know we are very far from Accra, and most of my people do not know Bishop, so we tried very hard to acquire a projector. And then we project the uh, bishop's messages on Tuesdays and then on uh, Sunday evenings. Mm-hmm. So through that, I mean, a lot of people have gotten used to the Kodesh service and then the general flow of the... Because I can't teach them. They don't speak Gan. I can't teach them. When, when you say, you say, but now everybody knows it. When through the uh, use of technology... Yeah. And then also with the research, um, I realized that Navrungo on market day, when you come there on the market day, it's very different from non-market day. I quite remember one day Bishop Eddie passed through. It was a market day. I mean, he used a particular road. When he was coming back, it was not a market day. And then he, he was on the right road, but because he wasn't seeing the people, he thought he was on the wrong road. 
And then he, he missed his way. He called me and I said, oh, that was the road. I mean, this, <laughs> this is to tell you. It's, it's very different. It's very different. It's, uh, the, the whole district is about 180,000 people. But they don't live in Navrongo. They live in the villages. So we realize that with that information, I mean, we have to now go to the villages, and that's how come we started a lot of autopuses with that research information. So I think when I, I read more and I apply it, I'll have more results. Thank you. Powerful. Vuyo, scholarly pastor. Um, Reverend, I just, uh, I think the first day Bishop preached, um, he mentioned four different points um, in terms of the anointing to get. I think the anointing for leadership, the anointing for church growth, the anointing for teaching, preaching, and then also the anointing for miracles. And so I just thought to myself, it would also not be bad to um, connect Bishop's books that deal with this particular areas. For example, the art of leadership to leadership. And then the, there's a book, um, Mega Church, and then uh, on teaching, teaching, preaching. And uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. Teaching, preaching, teaching. And then And then the last book, Ministering with Signs and Wonders. That's relating to the anointing. And then also, um, there are books that are not directly related to the anointing, but they have an impact on the people you address. For example, if you are able to have information, if you are a missionary, you are sent to a country, and you have information concerning the history of the country, its people. And because sometimes, most of the times, you find that the people who are from a particular region or country, they themselves are not too informed about themselves. Mm. And so if they see you being informed more than they are, it makes them sit up and even listen to you. Sometimes even some of them are struggling in areas of finance. And so if you are able to discuss with them also financial, I mean, points on how maybe to save, how to send your children to school, mm amazing means of bank, not deep bank policies, but basically what banks offer. In those type of things, people tend to sit up and listen because you have answers to problems they basically have. Sometimes even I see sometimes when um, Reverend Assault talks about medicine mm -hmm. and he relates it to the ministry, you tend to learn more because he's using practical exams simply because he has the knowledge in terms of that area, medical uh, area, and so he's able to use it, and so we are able to set up. So when we are able to connect practical information um, to teaching the people, they also tend to, because that's what they are faced with on a daily basis, they tend to set up. So a variety of reading a bit of an area, not in depth, but a little bit of every part, as every much bit. as you can. Yeah. It's powerful. AOL. A little bit of, I forgot the number. Pastor Peter. All right. Um, for me, the scholarly pastor, I think that 
the, the most important thing I'm getting is meditation on the books that we already have. Because, for instance, the, I mean, I've read the mega church, but I realize that I have not meditated enough on the points that will make my church grow. And uh, I'm just planning that when I go, I'm going to take point by point and meditate on it until I see it in the church. Powerful. Thank you.